Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, welcome to another week and another podcast. And as I said in the intro, you want to teach yourself to become your own best coach. And in order to become your best coach, you're going to have to grapple with what we are all familiar with calling self-doubt. Now, what is self-doubt? Well, here's how it sounds. I can't find a job. I can't lose weight. I can't stop worrying. I can't. You know, it's the myth of the word can't. I mean, certainly there are certain things that we can't do. We can't flap our arms and fly. But for most of the most of our lives, when we're using the word can't, we're not necessarily referring to truths. We're either referring to what I call quasi-truths or emotional fictions, untruths. So when you say, I can't find a job, well, we all know that with persistence and tenacity that given time and patience, the probability is you will find a job. I can't lose weight. Sure you can, but you have to pay a price, don't you? You have to find that self-discipline and exert that. So, of course, the, the weakened person, the self-doubting person, in a sense, is excusing themselves. I can't lose weight means, well, why Why do I have to try? Why bother? And the person that says, I can't stop worrying, well, it's hard. It's Worrying itself is a habit. And when it becomes a ruminative habit, of course, we're either feeding it or starving it. And it feels like we can't. So let's start out by accepting the fact that when you say you can't do something, more often than not, it's not that you can't. It's that you feel like you can't. And you know from my self-coaching talks that feelings aren't necessarily facts. And we often make a mistake when we treat feelings as if they're facts. So when you fall into the trap of I can't thinking, at least begin by saying, it feels like I can't. Put yourself on notice that you may, in fact, be deceiving yourself. Now, what's so bad about self-deception? Well, we all do it from time to time, but it limits you. It's a limiting feeling. It paralyzes you at times. It demotivates you. So when you get into the rut of I can't, which is synonymous, in fact, with self-doubt. In fact, I'm going to use those interchangeably. I can't and self-doubt, same thing. And the reason it limits 
because it distorts your perceptions of your abilities. Things can seem less attainable, and you see yourself as weaker than you are. You feel less competent, and of course, less confident. So self-doubt, well, it's, it's, it's learned. And, you know, we, we either learn through conditioning that uh, sometimes we, uh, we give ourselves an out. We don't study hard enough. We don't work hard enough. We have failures. And we start to interpret those as roadblocks to feeling confident when, in fact, we were instrumental in our own demise. Sometimes it could come from a traumatic incident. If you're a professional athlete and you miss the big putt on the golf course or drop the touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, a traumatic event like that can spook you. It can affect your confidence going forward, and you would have a hard time regaining that confidence. But self-doubt is just essentially an erosion of self-trust, an erosion of confidence. And it's all it's all relative. Now you have to try to understand something that now you should understand that every human being to some extent has experienced self-doubt. Uh, I would feel it's kind of a universal kind of phenomena, uh, unless you're a narcissist or perhaps a sociopath, but we all know about self-doubt. But think of it on a continuum. On the left side of the continuum, we would say normal amount of self-doubt. Uh, a challenging situation where you're not well-versed and maybe thrust into, well, maybe there's going to be some normal self-doubt, confidence issues. How will I handle this? But as we progress along that continuum, it becomes maybe more neurotic. And we start to lose confidence in a more general or global sense in our abilities. And we start to pull back from life. And when we do that, that can occur in our professional life, our social life, our emotional life, as we feel weakened and crippled by self-doubt. It makes you believe you're helpless, like there's nothing you can do about it. So, of course, you start to feel victimized. And I always say every week that victims are helpless, and you're not helpless. but Self-doubt certainly will make you feel that way. It will twist you in many knots. You wind up self-sabotaging everything you put your mind to. You know, you just, you just, without that confidence, you enter in a half-hearted way with one foot in, one foot out, expecting almost that you're not going to make it, expecting failure. And then we find ourselves making excuses. And that's how we started off today. I can't find a job. I can't lose weight. So you start making excuses to protect yourself. What are you protecting yourself from? Well, embarrassment, humiliation, fear of failure, all those things. And we start to make excuses by saying, I can't. It's convenient. Because if you can't, well, who's going to blame a guy that can't, right? Now, if you're anxious or depressed, of course, this becomes even more of a difficulty. I mean, the, the depressed person is more likely to just withdraw, give up, throw their hands up, recede, not apply themselves. 
And part of the lack of confidence, the self-doubt produces uh, more of that depressive feeling of victimization, of just feeling pressured by life that you can't handle. The anxious person, person with anxiety, is so wrought with what-ifing that their self-doubt is, is always anticipating chaos. They become frozen sometimes in a panic state of hysteria. Can't go on. What if this happens? What if I apply for that job and don't get it? So we cripple ourselves with anxious self-doubt. Sometimes we become perfectionist. You know, oftentimes people think perfectionist, perfectionistic people want to be perfect. I, I don't think that is such the, so much the case. I think oftentimes perfectionists just don't want to mess up. You know, they want everything to be just right. And they want to be able to give that speech or write that report or paint that painting. And it's got to be perfect. No mistakes, no blemishes, no slip ups. Now, is it because they're so invested in wanting to be perfect? Or maybe is it because, you know, if they're less than perfect, what happens? See, when they're perfect, of course, everybody applauds and everything's cool. But if they're less than perfect, ooh, who knows? You know, and that gets the whole neuroticism riled up. So we become too cautious. And oftentimes, when we become too cautious, we find ways to retreat and to thereby curtail the opportunities that our life might have, the potential. Now, what is your potential? Well, we obviously don't know our full potential, but you can imagine the impact that self-doubt has on the realization of that potential. I mean, think about it for a second. What if you didn't have self-doubt? What if you had self-confidence? And I'll throw in another word here because I think synonymous with self-confidence is self-trust. So what if you had all those things? You were feeling confident, yet self-trust, self-confidence. What effect do you think that would have on maximizing your potential? Your potential to be successful. Your potential to be happy. Contrast that with self-doubt, self-fear, or even self-loathing. What do you think that's going to do to your potential? Well, it's obviously going to curtail that in you, which could expand your life, and it's going to limit your life. So if your life is limited right now, chances are the culprit is self-doubt, self-distrust, lack of confidence. And these are all insecurity-based limitations. And a big mistake that, that many of us make is that we become identified with our own self-doubt. We just see ourselves as not being able to make decisions procrastinating, always being on the fence, never sure, always doubting. I don't know what, should I buy that present or should I buy that present? What if they don't like it? What? And there comes that anxiety. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what happens when we remove self-doubt. Well, I'll tell you what, let me give you an example. My, my daughter-in-law, she is a very confident person. She decides that she wants to do something that she's never done before. So she, she'll she ask some questions. She'll 
borrow some of my tools, but she'll she'll go on YouTube. She'll find the different expressions of what she's looking for and how to attack it, how to go about putting drywall up, as she's done, wiring lamps and building all kinds of things. But she's become very adept. She uses a miter saw, skill saw. She, these are all things that come from confidence. Now, would she approach any of these if she felt, oh, I don't know, I don't think I could do that. I mean, that's, well, of course not. But it's the attitude, it's that can-do attitude. And, and remember, in the very beginning, I said, well, you have to coach yourself to be your own best coach. Well, attitude is what we're talking about. If you have an attitude of confidence, if you coach that attitude of confidence, then, of course, the world opens up to you. In my own case, I mean, I, I still jog. Uh, I started jogging back in 1977, I believe. And I've run four marathons. And when I first, the first time I decided I wanted to run a marathon, I remember thinking, that's got to be impossible. How does one do that? But I had an inkling that, well, there must be a way, because thousands of people run marathons every year. And, and, I, and I thought, well, if there must be a way... And if thousands of people run marathons, then, well, I'm a people. Why can't I run a marathon? So I picked up some books, talked to some people running at the track. And I realized that, like all goals in life, whether it's running 26.2 miles or building a wall or whatever it might be, if you approach it in incremental steps, if you have the right attitude, you see, here's where the right attitude comes into play. If you approach it with the right attitude and you break down the goal into incremental steps that are manageable and doable, and if you approach it with patience, then, of course, we can expect results. It took me six months to train for the first marathon. But in those six months, everything was broken down into a regime, a progressive regime. And that's, that's my point, is that when you make something manageable, and if you have the attitude that I can do this, well, you'd be surprised. I mean, I never thought, uh, before I, I gave it a shot, I never thought a marathon was obtainable. And now I know differently. So what what is obtainable in your life and what is unobtainable well you have to be really careful with that because there are truths what you really could do if you break something down into its incremental components there are untruths you can't flap your arms and fly and then there are quasi truths where there's some merit and some reality but not completely and those are the excuses. Well, you know, I have a family to provide for and I don't have the time. And yeah, these are all part of the excuse, but they're not the full truth because if you wanted to, you'd find a way. When I was marathon training, I had two children, young children. Uh, I used to get up at five o'clock. I would run as before the sun came up. 
it depends. Motivation is a big factor. Optimism is what fuels motivation. If you want something and you break it down to its incremental steps and you want it badly enough, well, there are always a, there's always a way. Everything else becomes an excuse. Now, maybe you have to break something down in a way that you have to spread it out over time. And it may take, if you want to play the piano, well, maybe it might take you years to get to where you want to be. But it depends on the motivation, the desire, and most importantly, your attitude. Is it a confident attitude? I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to play the piano. I'm going to build a house. I don't know. Whatever it is, if you lay it out, you realize that other human beings do these things. Why not you? And that's the important part. The important part is that you, with lack of confidence and with dis self-distrust, you see yourself as different from those who succeed. You, you see yourself as not as good as, weaker than, less competent than. So again, it is important to deal with truths. I mean, maybe you don't have the that that engineering mind to you know go to NASA and build a spaceship. But again, what are the possibilities? What are the truths based on your talents, based on your capacity, which unfortunately we can't really know if it's been suppressed. But nevertheless, if you were to unleash your efforts and work diligently at something well it just seems to me that there could be so much more to our lives and and i think that's a, a better way to live so we have to tackle insecurity insecurity self-doubt and confidence these are all all habits confidence is a habit insecurity is a habit and the lack of confidence and insecurity well it's fear-based we're just trying to protect ourselves. Well, it's kind of a cyclic argument, right? If you don't have confidence, you're trying to protect yourself from failure. So you find yourself excusing, sitting back, not doing, and protecting yourself. I can't do that. So lack of confidence in and of itself can be a protective mechanism if you're protecting yourself from the fiction that you can't. So what do we do? Well, let's let's start out trying to be neutral. Instead of assuming that you can't, or that something is too hard, or that you have to concede, let's be neutral. Let's just say, I don't know, and I need to find out. I don't know what your goal might be, but let's say you have a realistic goal. And let's say that heretofore, you've, you've more or less shot that down with various excuses that you can't, it's too hard, blah, blah, blah. But let's neutralize that. Let's just say, well, you know what? I really would like to accomplish that. But I'm not sure I can do that. I'm going to find out. So we neutralize it. Now, that, that takes a leap of faith because you're not shutting the door on a goal. And you're kind of insinuating that everything is possible. Everything's possible with the right attitude. And if you find an incremental path forward. So we begin by neutralizing some of that negativity, some of that pessimism that fuels the lack of confidence. We kind of neutralize that and we realize that things are possible. Other people have made them possible and you're a people, as I say. 
And now we come back to attitude. It's that whatever it takes attitude. I tell my patients all the time, it's a great motto, whatever it takes. If you want something, then you have to take that leap of faith and have the attitude that whatever it takes, I'll find it. I tell my patients all the time, it's a great motto for doing what you feel you want to do, to accomplish what you want, whatever it takes. It's a courageous attitude as opposed to the cowardly attitude of, mm, it's too hard, I can't. Sometimes life requires courage. That's not that you are required to be courageous, but if you want to reach certain levels in your own potentiality, then you have to be courageous. You have to go against that in you which wants to hold you back, that in you which is kind of holding you and, and trying to convince you that you're not up to it. And you know, it's all about muscle building. If you look at confidence, gaining confidence as a muscle, well, then we need to build that muscle, especially if it's atrophied, especially if you are on that right end of the neurotic continuum and self-doubt is kind of crippling your life. Well, then it's important to realize the analogy of a muscle. A muscle requires exercise. You exercise it, and the muscle grows. It becomes stronger, more resilient. How do you exercise confidence? Well, you have to take some risks. So you find some reasonable risks that you can take. You have to start proving to yourself, or maybe a better way of putting it, you have to start disproving to yourself that you're incompetent or not capable. And you have to start proving that incrementally. It's a big, it's a, it's a word I keep using today is the incremental necessity to build confidence. So with the attitude of whatever it takes, with a smart approach to life, smart meaning, what do I have to do to realistically go forward towards this goal? What's the path to lay that out, and then to take the necessary risks? Now we start off small, of course, but even those small risks at first may be intimidating. Signing up for a course, taking music lessons, approaching someone for a date. That first step may be completely intimidating, but you need to take that courageous path and recognize that you have to begin somewhere. And you have to risk you know, throwing the ball and having it not go where you want it to go. I guess what I'm saying is you have to risk failure. If you try to be too safe, compulsively safe, well, you're going to just stay held back because then you're afraid to do just about anything. So, so do keep in mind that putting yourself at a reasonable risk of failure is worthwhile, especially if the path towards your goal requires it. And if you don't make it, okay, but you will find something else out that it didn't destroy you that you gave something your best shot, maybe it doesn't work out. But that's okay, because you have to keep recognizing your own resilience. And one of my favorite metaphors I use week after week is if you can't get in the front door, try the side door. And if you can't get in the side door, there's a back door, there's a window, there's always a way. And you've got to have that tenacious attitude of whatever it takes to find the way. So if something doesn't work out and you can't get in the front door, as the kids say, no biggie. Go to the side door. 
go to the back door, find a way. You see, confidence is not necessarily hitting the bullseye every time you let the arrow fly. That's not how you build confidence. Confidence is continuing to shoot arrows until you consistently can hit that target. And it is the tenacious effort over time. This is how you build muscle. You don't go to a gym and build your muscles after one experience at the gym, do you? So take a look at your own life this week. Ask yourself, where are you holding yourself back? And then ask yourself the important question, what in me is holding me back? Do I feel not up to it, that I can't? Lose that word can't. Just lose it. Try to have a life without the word can't in it. Try to recognize that can't is a feeling that you can't. Don't limit yourself by what you tell yourself. Don't assume that you can't unless you've paid the price of incrementally applying yourself over time. But for now, I'd like you to lose the word can't. And the only time you're allowed to use the word can't is in the sentence, I can't say can't. How about that? Well, I hope that that on some level today that I've stimulated in you a desire to not necessarily run a marathon or use a skill saw, but to define your goals, to realize that life isn't a dress rehearsal. We, we only go around one time. Don't hold yourself short. Don't, don't hit the brake pedal. Recognize that this is the only shot we have. Why not try to realize more of that potential that is within you? And if you're not happy, if you're not feeling like you, like you are being successful in your efforts, if you're not where you want to be, well, stop whining, get rid of that word can't, and start asking yourself, what path could lead me there? Yeah, it's a leap of faith, but why not? You're not going to have another shot at this life, are you? Why not? It just doesn't make sense to concede to insecurity, to lack of confidence. It just doesn't make sense. You can build confidence. You can build the muscle. Why not? And visit my website, why don't you? Selfcoaching.net, where you could learn more about my self-coaching philosophy and perhaps you'll take a look at my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. And by the way, don't forget, you can reach me directly through my website at the contact section or through self-coachinghelp, one word, at aol.com. I'd love to hear from you. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. By definition, victims are powerless and you're not powerless. Remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. And let's make it simple together. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, life is what you make of it. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams.